Hello, this is Zan, and this is what happened last time. I prayed for direction in dealing with the eye in our possession, but I'm still waiting for an answer. In our search for Dimble, Relop's brother, we discovered that his captor, Lob, purchased a set of magical bellows that led us to the muck valleys under the city. I allowed Relop to enter my dream so he could show me Dimble. The scene was worse than I had imagined. He and his cellmates, a brass dragonkin and a mutilated orange-skinned elf, were hooked up to a machine that seemed to both drain and nourish them in a state of near death. With the help of our guide, Remy, and an amorous muckraker named Zana, we entered the Bedlam, a long-abandoned asylum under the city. Thanks to the dream the night before, I was able to cast and maintain a spell that would allow me to sense Dimble if we came within a thousand feet of him. We found the place to be full of tortured apparitions and were contacted by a ghost of an elf from Dimble's room. He pleaded with us to help his spirit free the Bedlam by finding a gear-shaped gate piece. When we came across a vulpine demon with a zombie minion that turned out to be the remains of Lob, the fiend nearly killed Relop, and in the heat of the battle, Merc revealed that, at some point along our journey, he had become a paladin of vengeance. We later entered a room that wiped our spells and suppressed our magic items, and after dealing with the spirit guardian of Nock in the adjacent room, I recast the spell in my search for Relop's brother, and immediately sensed that Dimble is near. all standing in a room with knock symbols you fought a spiritual guardian that had tried to keep you from moving forward and zan had a spell out and she can sense that dimble is ahead the room before this had, had wiped magic items and spells for instance the torch the ever torch that merc carries around has been doused and what would you like what would you like to do are magical items still not working correct I would point out that anything that was already in motion, like that torch, for instance, did not just, like, come back up. The con says, is everyone doing okay? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and recast uh, Mage Armor. Okay. How long would you say that you're going to spend in this room before you move forward? 30 seconds. I kicked the door down. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And as Merc is kicking in the door, I'm like, no, wait, no. <laughs> All right, you kick this, this stone door open, and you're immediately struck with a smell and a sound. And the sound is kind of a garbled groan, but it's like a chorus. And within this room, which is relatively dark from especially where you walk in, there are animated bodies, so zombies effectively, and they're hanging upside down on kind of like mobiles, like on a, over a baby's crib or something like that. And they all probably reach down. They're sort of a different bodies or different lengths. There are some that are missing parts. There are some that are stitched back together. And they all sort of end at about four feet off the ground, which means that if you were to walk through among all these zombies hanging here, Relot probably would be actually okay to do that. The rest of you are gonna have to crouch to crawl under them or take your chances pushing through. And they all reach at you, and they know that you're there, so it's clear that anybody in this room now knows you're here. Right. Question. You said they're swinging, like, on a mobile, so, like, can we try to time our way through it? You could. It's set up so that you could probably try to make it through, but they're going to have a chance to swing at you, scratch at you as you go by. Or, again, you could crawl underneath if you want to. And they're thick enough, too. More room here, but it's you don't really know what's beyond it. I can solve this problem right now. She'll yell for Lucian's power through her holy symbol and attempt to turn undead and scream okay. down the hallway. Sure. So they all need to make saves. 
They are going after a 17. Turn it, I believe, is a wisdom save for them. So light bursts out from Zan, and many of the bodies just almost like shred as this light hits them. And most of them just kind of go limp. For sure, there's a good pathway where they're either gone or hanging their limp. But as soon as that happens, you now get a better look at the room because she's cleared some of it out. It's a large vaulted room, and there seems to be an altar of sorts on the other side of the room and on the wall. You can just make out because there's a little bit of light on that side of the room because it's a relatively long room. We're looking at it probably over 100 feet. And there's a skeleton sort of charred and horned and winged up on the wall, crucified behind the, the altar. It's jawless, just this blackened sort of demon or tiefling looking figure. And in front of the altar, there are lots of pots, urns, or, or something to that extent. And then to the south of that, there is multiple beds and chairs, and it looks almost like a surgery setup. There's a couple of coils with lightning, and to the left side of the room, it's actually overrun with thorny vines. So you've got vines on the left side of the room, these beds in the middle of the room, and then the altar sort of on the right, on the kind of the far side. Also, running your direction, and they're actually running underneath, it's perfect for their size, you see pit goblins, looks to be about four of them, and they all come running your direction, unimpeded by any zombies, because it's set up for their height. Everybody roll their initiative. I got a 20. Uh, 17. I started out the night with a natural one, so I got a three. <laughs> way, to, way to come back here. Yeah, you know. Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome well, back to Dungeons and Dragons. You got to ease your way in, man. I do. <laughs> yeah. Does I, it be I expect it, a yeah. one point increment for every time I roll. <laughs> it's going to get a little bit better. We need at least 20 rolls before me. I can get good. I rolled a one as well, and I get <laughs> a total of six. And Holger in the back making out. Yep. I got a 10. Does the altar look similar to the, with like all the pots and stuff, does that look similar to the setup that the ogres had with the effigy? Uh, not especially. No, <laughs> the altar actually has a black cloth on it. There's a chalice on there. It looks a little fancier. If we drink from the chalice, I think we become immortal. Try it out. That, that's one of the options. Only while we stay in the asylum, but if we cross the seal. <laughs> oh, right. Awesome. It. You got to choose the right chalice, so be careful. <laughs> There's only one, so... I forgot to add a second one. <laughs> oh, dang! Now, you're going to think that I wrote this in lieu of the coronavirus. I didn't. It was already written. <laughs> so the four goblins, pig goblins that are running through the mix there, you kind of just get little flashes of them. But they're, they're all dressed in bloody aprons, and they're wearing surgical masks. One of them has a head bandage. One of them has an eye patch. One of them actually has a fanged smile painted on his mask. And there's another one with a comically large gold chain around his neck. And they are stopping sort of underneath live zombies. And they're pulling out hand crossbows. And they're going to start shooting your direction. Lucan, you get to go first, though. All right. I get in range of one to swing at him. Okay. You can slide in. You're probably going to have a zombie swiping at you because they're kind of strategically trying to get under live zombies on the outskirts. Okay. This is probably not anything to be horribly scared of when it's just a zombie or two. Right. Lucano will right. have, have his sword lit, take a swing, and say, Be gone, you fiend. And he rolled an 18 to hit. Okay. This He's is 19 the, the to head, hit. head bandage. You definitely hit him with that. All right. Um, I did six points of damage. Go ahead and take my second attack, which I got a 24 okay. to hit, and did six damage again. All right. 
What's funny is you slash at him a couple of times. He uh, doesn't immediately drop with that, believe it or not. He's got a couple more hit points than you might have thought, but he's definitely bloodied from that. Kind of squeals, and he's trying to pull out a melee weapon since he, since you closed on before he could shoot. Across the room, you see that there's more in this room. This is The visibility of this room is kind of odd as, as people are starting to enter and walk through the path that Zan made for them. There's a couple of golem types that stand up. They're stitched together. This is some sort of surgery room. And one of them is dark and scaly and broad. And he's got a scarred, oddly youthful, fair-skinned face that may have once been gnomish or possibly halfling, but its eyes are completely black. So this big sort of flesh golem that's been patched together with different types of creatures. The other is more tall and lanky. Looks a little more typical humanoid, but patched together, but does have one long orange arm that's shorter than the other. They start to move your direction as well. They basically sit up from wherever they were, and you realize that there is a short figure standing among them, but he was on the other side of the table. And he starts moving a little bit your direction as well. He is probably gnomish, but he's, it's hard to tell because he has a mask on, skin mask, with rust-colored hair and a beard. He's also got a bloody apron, leather gloves. He's got knives and saws kind of hanging off of him. He's wearing one dark boot and one stocking. So, added some people to the mix here. The one that has the skin mask actually seems to pick out, out of all the mix and all the mess that's in there, seems to pick out Zan as something that's interesting to him. And he casts a spell. Zan, you're going to take a willpower... Wisdom saving throw? Sorry, did it again. Wisdom, wisdom saving throw. Thank you. Even when I'm thinking about that, I do it wrong. You're getting back into it. It's all right. Plus three because of my ability. Thank you. Oh, and also keep the skin mask for uh, Hulk after this. Yeah, no. This one's really gross. Like imagine you know, phase in my life. Put a beard on it. <laughs> Pass the skin mask phase. Yeah. <laughs> So with a plus eight total, I got a 21. Okay. So you're not going to actually be affected by it. You're going to be able to shake it, but you're still mm-hmm. going to have sort of a vision of what it was, right? Okay. So he looks at you and it, it is odd. It's like he sort of is drawn directly to you and he casts this spell and this vision above, it kind of seems to come maybe from the altar or at least, you know, from the shadows of that area of Feridwin actually floats up into the air and moves in like it's coming towards you. And the idea was that whatever the spell was was going to affect you and you you have the resolve to shake it. You know that it's, it's an illusion or it's not going to do anything. Gotcha. Relop, it's your turn. Okay, seeing the uh, gnome with the uh, two golems in the back, I'm going to close the distance as far as my... 25 feet will take me and pull out a little back guano and say I don't have enough time for this. Drop a fireball on the three of them. At fifth level, I need everyone to make a dexterity saving throw. Okay, it's uh, 39 points damage or save for half. All right, middle of the room, this fireball explodes right in between them. The two flesh golems had started to move towards you, so they're going to take it to the back. It's, it actually seems to get them a little better than it gets him, but he also, he obviously also takes damage as well as this fire sort of dissipates from him, kind of singes the hairs on that mask. And those golems are moving forward as this goes. It's actually their turn. They're going to be able to close with Lucan, and so that's kind of where they're headed. One of them is actually going to 
breathe fire at you on its way in. So he gets you for 15 points of fire damage. Alrighty. And the other one makes a slam attack. Just comes in just with both big brute, no real martial training or anything like that. And Is he within 30 feet of me for I can rewarding flare it? Yeah, I think so. Okay, I'll burn one then. Make him roll a dismantle. He cleared, cleared the space there. Oh yeah, actually that did it. All right, so the other one comes in, pushes at you, and you step aside as this light sort of flashes in its eyes. Merc, it's your turn. We've got the two golems a little closer at this point, and that third one, that uh, surgeon or whatever we want to call him, is further back in the room. And, of course, I'll... there's Pit Gallibalin sort of hiding amongst the dead. Right. And there's a total of uh, four Pit Goblins. Yeah, four Pit Goblins, one of which is right at Lucan. He's pretty hacked up. Two Flesh Golems. Plus the surgeon. I think I'll close in with the the flesh golems. Okay. You know what? I'll take an attack at that goblin. There's a 28 hit. A lot. 15 points of damage. All right. Come in and just splice him right over the bandage on his head. Just right into it and split him in half. Sure. And I like to like bring that arc, continue that arc back down and back around and try to hit one of the the flesh goblins. Okay. You want to go after the scaly one or the one with the orange arm? Orange arm. Okay. Does a 25 hit? It does. Uh, 12 points of damage. All right. Come back with the blade, slice up its side. And is that your turn? Yeah, that's my turn. All right, hold gear up. All right, so I will go to assist Lucan then. I don't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> I need to keep my comedy relief around, so... <laughs> uh, so I'll go up there and just thrust hitting that AC 21. That'll hit. I'm sorry, is this the the one with the orange arm or the scaly one? Uh, we'll go with the orange arm. Okay, just focus on him. So that will be uh, 30 points of damage. Nice. Uh, and then I'm actually, yeah, we'll do the offhand. That'll be AC 27. That'll hit. For two points of damage. That was way too good an attack for two points of damage. <laughs> Isn't there a saving throw that he has to make, though? Yeah, it has a saving throw for the... Which is a DC con 15 con check. Ooh, it fails it. End of his next turn, he gets wounded. All right, comes in, gives a couple stabs, but Toriador's Malice just kind of splices open the bottom half of it. Some... Entrails can actually spill out onto the floor, but it doesn't seem to mind. All right, a couple bolts are coming from the goblins now. They've kind of been moving around under there. They feel pretty comfortable because the only people who can easily get to them is the, probably the gnome, and he's not going to want to. Of course, if these dice actually did anything for me. All right, some bolts go into some of the zombies that are hanging there. Nothing much happens beyond that with these goblins. Now, beyond the, the mess... We're about to go to Zan's turn, but you, you also see that there are two more figures that have entered. One of them seems to come out of the thorny vines that are overtaking one side of the room. And this one's actually a large figure, maybe human or high orc sized. And he has a beaked, goggled mask with a dark leather apron and matching gauntlet. And another figure comes out of a, out of a room that apparently is kind of behind some of the foliage over there. Or there's one other door besides this one. So there's, you came through one door, there's two, two on opposite ends. But this one comes out of, the, out of another room, and it's actually another short one. So it's a halfling or a gnome. 
And this one actually also has, a, they all have masks on, right? This one has a black pointed hood and he seems to be wearing the remains of what looks to be a faded stained tabard that has kind of an orange, you think it's orange tree on the tabard. He's wearing canvas gloves. He's got one boot on just like his, his short buddy over there, except that his other foot completely bare seems to be kind of moss covered or, you know, kind of green hair or something like that. So we just added two more sort of strange figures with the other one back there. And Zan, it's your turn. <laughs> All right. How far away is the surgeon and which direction is he? Straight ahead? Yeah, he's pretty much straight ahead. He's, he's a good 80 to 100 feet away from you. So he's 100-ish feet away. How about the new two entry guys? Are they closer? Uh, they're No, they're relatively similar. One, The tall guy is actually probably the farthest away. He's easily 120 feet away. Okay. Okay. And then the the short one, the black hood, is probably equidistant to you from uh, than the surgeon. She's concerned about that surgeon a lot because of the Faridwin thing. I still have the locate creature up. I've been concentrating on that. Is Dimble in this room or is he beyond? And you think he's actually not the one with the goggles and the beaked hood? He came out of a room, but the uh, there's another room that nobody has gone into, and you think that it might be that one. Okay. So I, I just want to get into the sense that make sure he's not here and that we're not fireballing people that could... Yeah, you know. no, you think you think he's in <laughs> one of the side rooms. There's okay. more rooms off of this. All right. Especially if I cast like a concentration spell of some sort or that sort of thing. All right. So uh, mm-hmm. Van will make her way towards the middle of the room, kind of near everybody. It's staying within the 10 feet of Lucan, but away from the golems. And then I want to try to be within 120 feet of that surgeon. And I'm going to send out a second level guiding bolt at him. A 28. 28, nice. Yeah. That'll hit. And then 5d6 radiant to this guy. 21 points of radiant damage, and the next person to attack him has advantage. It's much better than a 1, Lance. Yeah, an 18 is pretty good with a plus 10. <laughs> 21. Yes. Okay. And then I don't really have any other bonus actions or anything like that. She's just going to stay near the fray, but doesn't want to get up into the middle of those three weird new combatants. Sure. All right, that brings us back up to the top. So, Lucan, it's your turn. Uh, I have a flesh golem in front of me, correct? Yes, two of them. Um, I'm going to swing at the one with the uh, orange arm and say, back! And he takes a swing, and I got a 10 to hit. You know what? That'll actually hit. Uh, for eight points of damage. And then he just swings right back around. Same one. Pulls a 28 hit for uh, 12 points of damage. Finish shield so, ready to use protection. Sure. Merc or hold that's by him. So you slash through, and then... You know, it's a little bit weird because the, zo- the zombies, there's a couple of them that are just close enough to, they're swiping, they're almost getting you. So it's kind of an odd scene as you're fighting and these like weird arms are kind of like reaching for you and you slice and you actually cut one of the zombies' arms off in midstream on your way in and the last hit actually catches sort of right at the base of the, ch- like the sternum and just splits that thing open and he just pours open in front of you and falls Ugh. like a bunch of meat on the ground. So that put, that one that everybody's focusing on is is down. Push Holga into the mess. <laughs> ah, that's unfortunate. <laughs> All right. So there's this odd trio up there. Lucan, the one that the tall one out of the three with the goggles looks at you and says something which you think is an infernal. Sounds like terrible, like screeching music as it like pours out of his face. So, Lucan, go ahead and make a wisdom saving throw. 26. All right. So, he sort of says something to you and, again, doesn't seem to make 
the effect that it that uh, he's hoping for. The surgeon now goes ahead and raises his hand that he's going to cast a spell as well. I think everybody except for Relop make a dex saving throw. Lightning is basically darting from him. You're going to make a dex check to see if you take the full damage. And it's actually only a 14 DC. So let me know if you break a 14. I got a 21. Nice. World 17. Yeah, I got a 15. I'm going to get a 20. Okay, everybody's going to Everybody in that is going to take 10 points of lightning damage. Ouch. That's the half. Yeah. The little guy with the bare foot is now going to cast a spell as well. So you sort of see that these three are connected somehow, right? Like they all come together in a way, and they're, and each of them is casting a spell at relatively the same time. This one's going to cast actually on Merc. And Merc, I need you to make a wisdom saving throw. Is it a charm effect? I don't think so. It's whole person. That's not charm, is it? I would say it is, but I got rolled a 21. You guys are just going to make all your rolls. I'm just never just going <laughs> to pretend that I'm casting spells at you. Now you know how we feel. <laughs> it's got that one out of the way for us, and we're good. Yeah, so they're they're trying, but you guys are slippery. Relop, it's your turn. you got three come spell on, casters. Come on, stubby legs. All right, I'm going <laughs> to keep running uh, closer to all of them. Yeah, it's just and... a matter of not not exactly going towards the, the goblins. It's kind of interesting, you know, you've got these all these hands kind of coming at you. There's a couple that are actually on the floor pretty far away from you. They're not even not even a threat. But what happened was when the Xan knocked out some of them, it really was set up like a mobile. They kind of fell over, and so there's a couple of them that are still tied to the thing, but they're like climbing around, you know, crawling through the you know, the refuse of their of their fallen zombies. Oh, super gross. As you run around in these claws are just barely like above your head. Actually, I'm going to cast first. Try and close the distance on the caster so that I can hopefully counterspell later. I'm going <laughs> to... You don't need to counterspell. No, no I, I'm, pretty sh- I'm pretty sure I really do. I'm going to cast slow on the three casters. You have succeeded, you think, in slowing down the big guy. The other two aren't affected. I'm going to move as far as my stubby little legs will take me. Lucan, this golem is going to attack you. You just took down his buddy there. This thing's all scaly. Right. It's got this. It's all dark, but it's got this white face in the middle. You know, it's like they sewed this Ew. this face from something else on maybe a dragonkin body or something like that. It it looks really young and innocent and kind of pale and and scary as it goes to attack. It's like being attacked by a porcelain doll or something. <laughs> 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 it kind of grunts a little bit and it's going to take these big scaly arms and, and try to try to knock you down it seems both fists flail at you one of them kind of just hits your shield but the other one comes in and cracks you across the face right at your right, visor right to my gorgeous chin <laughs> yeah and he gets you for 17 bludgeoning damage pretty big crack from somebody's fist Merc it's your turn before my turn, I would like to take my reactionary attack from Sentinel. Okay. Does a 20 hit him? A lot. What's the damage? I did 13 points of damage to him. Okay. Now Cracks, I'll take my turn. And then you slash your sword up at him, and now you take your turn. Got a 27. What a waste. And then I'm going to use a okay. uh, maneuver die to uh, try to trip him. 24 points of damage with that, with the maneuver die. 
Nice. And then he owes me a 16 strength save. And he passed it. So hit him so hard, you figure anything else you hit would have went down, and that guy just sort of stands and looks at you with this weirdly baby face. I'll take a, an upward stroke, like just got a 29 to hit. 14 points of damage with that. Kind of split him open a little bit. Most of the blood that's coming out of this one is a little, seems kind of blackened. Easty. And is that you, Merc? That is me. All right, hold. So am I able to get to weird skin face mass person? Surgeon? Yeah. I don't, I don't know that you get up there and attack him, right? Because he, so you guys moved up probably about 30-ish to get to the golems, which would leave something like 70 feet. Okay, never mind. I will continue supporting Lucan. Um, totally putting that mask on you. Definitely. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm going to save that for later. Uh, let's take a swing. Natural 20. Jeez. Nice. Oh, boy. We had some math ahead of us here. So. <laughs> Good thing you're at home and have calculators. <laughs> yeah. Or uh, Savage Attack, so I get an additional D6 on it. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Oh. A new yeah. villain? <laughs> no, I've had it. I've just... Never had a crit that actually really happened in attack. You're the one where right, you like 60 points of damage, didn't you? Yeah, I think I'm going to surpass it on this one. Cool. Nice. Oh, oh. It is a total of 66. Hey. Wow. Nice. 66. You know yep. what? 66 is going to do him in. Well done. I All am right. going to go with like an upward swing, and I'm going to try to get the gore to come out on Lucan's feet. Just, <laughs> it's just showing off. Yeah, it absolutely does. Just, just all over, pours as out. it sort of drops, and it, and that little, the that little baby face on it just, you know, doesn't know what to, where to look as it falls to the ground in a flop. Compat's holding on the back and says, "Hey." argue on that one that was a good hit <laughs> so holg are you moving after that or what are you doing if- i want to keep near lucan my my meat shield <laughs> <laughs> what's funny he has a lot of meat on his shield right now uh. exactly <laughs> I mean, all right so I have- oh the gnomes get to go <laughs> the pit goblins yeah the pit goblins okay. there you go again old habits die hard going down the only road you ever known mm-hmm so that didn't work for the pit goblins before, so they're going to just scream. Okay. Con saving throw. Oof. Oh, no. <laughs> everybody. 24. Um, it's a sound thing, so it's a, yeah, everybody. Just tell me if you didn't break a 14. That's exactly I what not. I got as a 14. Yeah, uh, 14. 12 plus 2. Not. Same. It's crazy that they are not getting that. I think their their numbers are a little low. Maybe I'll, <laughs> I'll keep that in mind next time. Get better pit goblins. But Thomas failed, so what happened? Yep. <laughs> they scream. You guys remember that, that that they had this ability to blind people with that. All right, so Hulk, you have the, the blind condition. Ah. So attack rolls against the creature have against you have advantage, and your attack rolls have disadvantage. Zan, it's your turn. Zan is going to look over to all of the melee fighters and yell at them that relapse on his own, and she's going to move forward. As she makes uh, another ball of radiant energy in her you know, hands and throws it forward towards the surgeon, the advantage on her attack uh, lasts until the end of her next turn, which is now. So I'm going to roll with advantage on the attack. I got a 6 and a 15 with plus 10, so it's a 25 to hit. That'll hit. All right. So it's going to be 7d6 radiant damage to the surgeon. It's going to be 32 points of radiant damage. 
Okay. She'll move another 30 feet forward. So I'm going to get out of Lucan's 10-foot radius for the time being until Lucan, of course, advances. And the next person to attack him with any direct attack damage spell gets advantage on the attack. That's it. All right, Lucan. And the surgeon's glowing up there. Uh, Lucan's going to get uh, Tempest out with a big old yell and throw it right at that surgeon. Do it. I rolled a an 18. 18 will hit, yes. Okay, so that's for nine points of damage and then the lightning. Let me... Oh, nice rolls here. Anyone uh, points of lightning damage, and then all right, he screams out as the javelin hits him, and then the lightning just sort of washes it out as it you know comes behind it. All right, does anything else get hit by that lightning? Actually, no, because not at this point because you cleared the flesh golems. Okay, and um, he'll advance forward towards Relop and and as much as he can. Sure. Yeah, I think Re- Relop, I'm kind of, and tell me if I'm wrong, John, but I, I think that Relop is kind of being a little more cagey about his movement rather than going straight down the middle. Right. You, you probably are going straight down the middle because there's a path between the zombies. That's the way the okay. twins were going for sure, so we're probably side by side yeah. by now. Just like straight down, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, because she was ahead of you, so. Yes. All right, so that one is going to darts behind one of the beds. Tries to take a little bit of cover, but he kind of pops his head back up. So all you see is that skin mask. And he does that same infernal voice that he had done previously. And he shoots whatever whatever he's casting, he's casting it at at, uh, Lucan. Am I close enough to counterspell? Yeah, I think he'd probably be within 60 at this point. All right, I'm going to go ahead and Uh, do counterspell. Okay, you're going to have to roll for it. 17 plus 4. So he tries to kind of curse you or something, Lucan, and Relop puts his hand out from wherever he is and stops it. The little green one, the one with the open foot and the black hood, is going to cast at Relop. You're going to make a wisdom saving throw. Yeah, no. That's not going to happen. All right. I don't know that anybody else is going to see this from where you are right now, but Relop, you just turned into a frog. (laughs) Oh, great. (laughs) I'm not really seeing a whole lot, so... (laughs) Yeah, right. One of the dangling zombies catches him as he jumps. (laughs) The big guy is actually, because he's moving slow, he starts to move your direction. He actually takes sort of a pot from his clothing somewhere you know he's got some sort of gallopot or potion or something but he tosses it on the ground kind of slow motion but he tosses it onto the ground and smoke starts billowing up from where he threw the pot but he is moving forward so visibility is going to start just happened the second but it's going to start getting a little harder to see but he's starting to move towards lucan and zan probably because the spell would be slowed right now and then we'll see if he can break it. Ooh, and he breaks out of slow for next turn. Relap. As long as uh, the guy can yeah, concentrate on it. As long as he maintains concentration. It's... Yeah. Okay. All right, well, so we just skipped Relap for now. He's hopping around under, I, underneath. I'm still uh, I'm still in the rotation, though, yeah? Yeah. He still can act, but uh, it is right. as a frog. Right, right. Oh, okay. If you take damage, you pop out of that, right? Mm-hmm. But it overflows, so don't give him too much damage. Poking a frog. <laughs> so just kick well, if he was smart, he would jump at a zombie, and the zombie would claw him, and then Anyone take damage from that. Hold, don't you have some firecrackers? <laughs> That'll pop a frog, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be walking yeah. funny. But... 
but I can't <laughs> see where you are anyway. So, so real life, are you just kind of getting closer to them? My turn. I am still under the uh, beat curtain of zombies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Jump as high as I can towards the zombie, towards the hanging zombies. <laughs> and I am going to use my tongue to try and get into the mouth of the zombie. <laughs> yes. So you're trying to use your frog form to French kiss the zombie. Got it. Look, Cold. Every everyone's got fantasies. Don't judge. <laughs> like Tina from Bob's Burgers. <laughs> okay. So that was your turn, but you find yourself your your yourself again. But you are you're hanging from zombies. They're they're grabbing you and biting at you, and you take twelve points of damage between two zombies that are munching on you when you come back to being okay. yourself. And you're at this point, uh, effectively, you're not exactly restrained, but you're you're at a disadvantage for what you're doing, trying to get you know you have to get away from these guys. All right, Merc, it's your turn. How far away are they? You're still standing back there with the flesh golems, aren't you? I know. Well, yes. So they're like 70 feet from you. I will move forward 60, I suppose. Hog, you are blinded, and at the yep. end of your action, you'll be able to try to shake it, but try for now, it. what would you like to do? I'm just kind of flailing around, and I'm listening for where Lucan is and chilling out. I'll be... Uh, <laughs> All right. Try to be somewhat defensive, I guess. Okay. Go ahead and roll your... Uh, make a con save again. <laughs> uh, that's a love. Doesn't sound good. All right, still blinded, and they take advantage of it, and you're gonna get some bolts in you. All right, you take 17 points of piercing damage <clears throat> from three different bolts that all hit you in the legs. You have three bolts that sticking was... out of your legs, ah. and that brings us to Zan. So she's going to hear Hulk scream behind her. <laughs> 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 and he's just <laughs> flailing around. Uh, so, so she's going to touch uh, Lucan in the shoulder and just say, go forward, help Merc, and relop, and she'll send you forward, and she's going to go backwards. So okay. she's going to go backwards towards Holg and get within uh, range of him, and she's going to cast Lester Restoration at second level, which will clear blind. Oh, okay, great. So he right. is no longer blind. <laughs> He'll be like, are you okay? And then she's going to like help him pull bolts out of his legs. Yeah, just... <laughs> <laughs> so be as as she comes back to you too, Hog, the Lucan's uh, sword is behind her, and it's like this halo, you know, this angel coming to your rescue as you suddenly are not blind. <laughs> Still not finding religion. Get this bolt out of my leg. <laughs> <laughs> I expect nothing less. And she's just gonna pull the little bolt out of your leg. <laughs> Lucan. Uh, Lucan is going to charge forward and try to get into melee with anybody. Or sure. with those the, the three baddies in the end. Is, surgeon is within melee. You know, you can you can move yourself into <laughs> melee range. He's standing behind the bed, but you could easily just move around it, or you could even almost like fight him over the bed, and it's not going to make a big difference. He's going to charge the surgeon. He's going to yell, "Be gone, you fiend!" and take a swipe. Use divine smite. Great. Are they uh, a fiend or undead? Yes, they count count as undead. Okay. All right, natural twenty. Oh, Take that nice. See if you can break that uh, 66 high score and try 47 points of damage. Gee. 47 sword comes down 
and just beheads that little guy and that disgusting skin mask skull kind of flop, you know, flops out and spins around on the ground and you hear from the other side of the room the other little guy yells red rug and anything else for your turn i have a second attack am i in range of animals um not in melee no those other <laughs> guys haven't moved in the big guy had started to i guess you could move kind of move his direction but you wouldn't be in melee at the end of your movement yeah i'll start moving because you big, you know the, what i mean like you probably yeah. had you know, five feet of movement left or something at the end of that, so you could start in that direction a little bit. You would easily be in his melee next turn. All right, actually, speaking of which, it's his turn. Comes barrel in your direction. He doesn't actually have a weapon in his hands. He's just like he goes like he's gonna choke you. His arms come out like he's just gonna come after come after you. And so he gets his he gets up there and he gets his hand. It's weird because you 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 know how to deal with somebody when they're coming at you with a sword or something but like this is just an odd tactic and he comes up like he's gonna choke you out and he does get his hands around your neck and he just starts squeezing and he's very strong like way stronger than you would have expected okay and he you if it's basically we're gonna call it piercing damage because he's like almost like puncturing you you know as he's squeezing at you uh okay. but we're gonna it ends up being 10 points go ahead and roll your strength it could be an athletics or or acrobatics. He's straight, he's basically doing kind of this thing where he's going to grapple you. Athletics or acrobatics, which is I, I imagine athletics is your better. It is. I have an 18. I rolled an 18 on that. All right. So you take this damage from him, but you sort of push him off, and okay. so he doesn't actually get you know get a hold of you like you wanted to. You do notice that when you push him off, his neck kind of shows underneath his mask, and it looks skeletal. Ooh. The little guy who yelled Red Rug is now going to take his action. Lucan, he is going to... He's going to cast on you as well. So the little guy over there with the one barefoot casts a spell. Go ahead and make a wisdom saving throw, Lucan. I got a 12. Okay. Lucan, you get an image of Zan behind you, and the zombies actually envelop her that are kind of hanging beside, you know, so you look that direction and you just see they're ripping her skin from her bones and she, like she's just being mutilated by these zombies behind you. This isn't actually happening, but you know, but that's what the spell's doing. It's creating this image of you and you believe it, Lucan, but he's he basically, you're going to end up with some psychic damage. It's like doing weird things <laughs> to your psyche, if that makes sense. Sure. 24 psychic damage. Ooh, as you basically, like you just it, it it's so horrible to see what's happening that it physically hurts you. Con turns and looks back at Zan and reaches his arms out and screams. And as soon as you do that, you like it goes normal again, right? So because of the frightened thing not not uh, affecting you, mm -hmm. you just you basically take the damage in the moment, and then thankfully you're no longer affected by it, other than the fact that you took a bunch of damage. Uh, that was their turn, so now we're up to relop. So I'm still kind of grappled. Is that what I'm getting? Right, so you're at a disadvantage right now, and you're in melee. I'm going to go ahead and uh, pull out my wand and cast Scorching Ray. Two shots at the uh, two guys on have me right now, and then... Uh, what level is uh, Scorching fourth? Ray? I mean, I'm going to cast it at fourth. Okay, um, so. you know what? You get counterspelled, the little guy 
shakes you. Okay. All right. All right. turn. The big guy closed in with Lucan, and what is the little guy yeah. doing? He is off to the side, and he's counterspelling Relop. He's probably at this point about 40 feet from the big guy, or from kind of from everybody. I'll move t- forward 10 feet, and I will attack the big guy. And if it goes well, I'll do something crazy. I got a 17 to hit. 17 hits. Okay, I would like to do a uh, pushing strike on him. 12 points of damage. Okay. And then he owes me a strength save. I rolled a nat 20. No, I guess nothing crazy happens. Comes in, hits this leather-clad guy with the goggles and the beaked mask. And now you've got a companion in melee up there. All right, and then I okay. am going to swing at him with my second attack. Does a 19 hit? Yeah. 14 points of damage. All right, slash, slash. Is that the end of the turn? That is it for me, yes. All right, Holg, you can see. I can see. Still quite a ways away from them. Okay. Because you're kind of back with the flesh guns, right. right? Is Lucan engaging any of them? Lucan is engaging the big guy. Okay. I have a movement of 30 feet, and I can use my bonus action to dash for another 30. I think that would get you almost there. That's kind of where Merc did his 60 feet. Okay. And he was about 10 feet out. I guess I'll go like the uh, the 30 feet, and then if there is a pit goblin by me, I'll take a sw- swipe at him. But uh, I'm going to start they're kind of ca- They're cowering like underneath the zombies. They're using that as cover. You could theoretically crouch down and throw something at them. You know what I mean? Like some sort of ranged attack. Mm-hmm. But you wouldn't probably be within melee of one. Okay. Uh, then I'll just continue with my dash and get to about 10 feet away. And then I will throw one of my daggers at the one Lucan is fighting. Yep, and Merc's up there too. Uh, 24 to hit. That hits. It'll be 28 as I toss my dagger. It's a pretty good dagger throw, right? Big, big flash. Dagger sticks into it, it, sort of right underneath its arm as it's uh, fighting the two big guys. All right. A couple more bolt shots are going to come out from underneath all the mess. And they kind of come through for color, but nothing seems to hit anything. And Zan, it's your turn. How far away, like the, the goblins, are any of them within like 15 feet of each other? Are they keeping fairly close no, on either they, side no. or... No, they separated, yeah. Okay. They're using yep. they're using the cover. Yeah, figured as much. Okay. So she is going to attempt to bat clean up and she will <laughs> cast Scorching Ray. So she's just gonna fire three beams at three different goblins. Okay. And which one is which I don't really particularly care, but um sure. I got well, a, if, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Nineteen, a twenty five, and a twenty eight. Wow, nice. So well plus ten to hit, it's not terrible. Um okay, so for the yeah. first goblin uh, nine points of damage for the second one. Eleven points of damage. Heck yeah, six nice. and a five, and another nine. So that was really good. All right. It doesn't drop any of them, but but as these go, you know, they they realize that they are targets. Mm-hmm. Because it, it it definitely does. You know, all of them you hear like these screeches, and they all start making for the door that you came in on. Like they're they're actually trying to run away. Bail out. <laughs> yeah. And they're using the cover, you know, like they're not coming to the center or anything like yeah. that, but they're gonna they're gonna hit the walls and they're gonna try to get out. 
Yeah, she's walking right down the center, her sword glowing, and she just reaches out, fires at one, fires at another one, spins it under her arm, and fires at one to her left. Hits, <laughs> hits them, and then they scatter behind her as she just keeps walking <laughs> forward. <laughs> they just all take these pitiful grunts as they're trying to get the heck out of there. And she's barely looking at them as she does it. It's just singular purpose forward towards the casters, but just clearing out the chaff of people behind her. Nice. That's it. All right, Lucan, it's up to you. Lucan is going to take a swing at the guy in front of him. Yep. A 22 for 11 points of damage. Okay. All right, slam. So I'm going to take my second swing at the big guy, um, and we've got a 29 to hit. That'll hit. This side and of the room is really filling with smoke, too, right? Like, he dropped that thing, and... I'm going to use a Divine Smite on this guy. He's going to yell, down, you fiend. 30 points of damage. Oh! Wham, it staggers back. It's still standing, but, like, that was definitely... Right. You hit it good, right? Like, it was. It felt the power of Lucian. Lucian is very worn-looking, but determined to keep on fighting. He's huffing and puffing right now. Okay. He's going to try to attack you again. This time he just balls up his fist and he just tries to punch through you, Lucan. Ah, it just hits your, uh, hits your shield, doesn't you? Nice. Kind of, you know, you, you, you saw what he did last time and, he, and you weren't going to let it happen again. Lucan gives out a big yell towards him when he hits his shield. I would like to sentinel strike. Oh, uh, yeah, go ahead. Does a 21 hit. It does. 15 points of damage. All right. You stagger it back again, another hit, another hit to it, and it, you know at this point it's like these two, the paladin and Merc, are just stepping him backwards as he's taking all this damage. The little one actually starts running into the zombies again, like he's heading for the maybe the door that you that you guys came into as well, which means Relop, he's actually kind of coming your way. Okay. And uh, I think that is actually Relop's turn. So you see him underneath all the zombies and he's got this little pointed hat so the pointed hat's kind of flopping back as the zombies snatch at it how far away is he uh literally be in melee this turn like he's going to run past you okay see if i can't get him to drop i'm gonna cast a scorching ray again okay this guy hasn't really taken nobody's been fighting this guy right right so i'm gonna cast it at fifth level Am I at disadvantage on this casting, or...? Uh, you're still getting chewed on by zombies, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Take it a 12 won't hit. 12 won't hit, nope. 19? Yeah. 27, 24, 18. So, yeah, those all hit, all three of those. Oh, even with disadvantage, natural 20. <laughs> you rolled two 20s? I actually rolled two 20s. Wow. Oh, man. Wow, that would have been awesome. That... <laughs> it's really a bummer that this guy is totally immune to fire damage. I'm just kidding. Oh! <laughs> 32. All this fire sort of spews from the zombies, and he yelps as he goes by. Would you like to swing at him with something since you'd have an opportunity to attack? Sure. I'll take a swing with my... Still with disadvantage, but... Still stuff, but yeah. No, good work. Oh, no, 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 that's, no, next turn. (laughs) (laughs) All right, and John, you've got to take 10 points of piercing damage from the zombies since you're still hanging up up there. All right, it's Mark's turn. The one guy that we've been fighting, is he looking pretty rough? He is. I'll take another swing at him. I don't think that one hits, it'll be a 13. 
No, it doesn't. My second attack's an 18. That should hit. That hit? Yep. I'll do a tripping attack this time. We'll do 12 points of damage. Uh, he does all me a strength right. save. Doesn't matter because that's enough. So you basically run him through. Some of the other guys seem no, to No, be... I want to run through and like over my head and like slam him down on the other side. He's a big, big guy. So it's quite a sight. And yeah, just kind of flops down in this mess of leather on the ground. Again, most of what you see poking out is bone. And then I will start running towards, uh, if I notice that other guy trying to run out, I'll go chasing after that guy, the little guy. All right. Just kind of running straight for the door. Yeah. Okay. Pit Goblin, exit the door. So hold it your turn. The guy in front of us just got splatted. Yep. So now um, we are down to fleeing people at this point. There's the little little guy with the pointed hood, and he's basically in the middle of all the zombies because he's short. And then the Pit Goblins, which are doing something similar. Yeah, I guess I'm going to try to dodge my way into to going after that, that other guy. That's uh, like trying running to for the door with Merc. Yeah. Okay. All right. So you could, you know, you'll have a little bit of a lead on Merc. Okay. All right. You, you do see these gnomes sort of popping out from pit goblins. Know, uh, or these pit, gobl- pop- pit goblins popping out and running out of the door that you came in. And Xana's return. How deep into the zombies are Relop and the hooded guy? From like the edge yeah, of where so I've cleared that path. How far into it? Yeah, like how deep in are they? Is it like 30 feet away if I got to the edge of the zombies, but not into them? Would they be 30 feet into the field of zombies? Yeah, I think so. Okay, so she's going to move forward towards the zombie horde that's in front. She can see Relot being held there and the hooded guy there. Uh, She'll hold the sword forward and yell for Lucian's power as she radiates from her feet and hands and detonates her holy nuke, that ability where she does the 360-degree radiant bomb so it's going to go 30 mm-hmm. feet forward into the zombies and then all around her 30 feet in all directions all hostile creatures have to make a constitution saving throw 17 just hostiles right just hostiles it says hostile <laughs> i can exclude anything so I'm excluding to un- sorry does it do anything special to undead it's radiant so other than that all right and how much damage is it going to do 20 and half on save so of 10 Trying to catch right. the spellcaster and trying to clear the zombies out for another section right. that hopefully will drop relop. Right. All right. So everybody sees this flash and all this, these zombies just disintegrate. You know, it's it's <laughs> it's like an adult cartoon. <laughs> and relop, you hit the ground just in a mess of flesh and bone all around you. You know, just piled on you. But you are now free as this very visible circle or half circle in that direction anyway is dug into where the zombies were and again some of them kind of flop like the contraptions that they're hanging from lose their balance and a few of them that on the on the offside are sort of crawling their way but they're you know it's tied up they're not really a, a big concern in the middle of all that the short hooded figure takes the damage as well and sort of rolls forward a little bit for, from sort of the blast of it and it kind of stops him a little like he sort of, it sort of throws him off you know he didn't expect it and it just kind of knocks him forward and so what you got is this kind of half circle with this guy kind of on the ground and it's been cleared of zombies around him so now i'll spend my turn little... to advanced forward 30 feet into melee with the guy and put my foot on his back <laughs> okay <laughs> all right that's it all right <laughs> she's gonna hold the sword down right. at him yeah lucan 
uh, Lucan will quickly run up and put his foot on on its back as well and hold the sword towards him. Okay. Just kind of run run back and get there as well. You're not going to attack though. You're just just going to try to hold him there. He's going to hold off on it because he's wondering, uh, you know, why Zan didn't attack. So he's thinking maybe she wants to interrogate him or something. So, okay. It's literally because I can't attack twice. All right. He turns around and his hood actually comes off, and it it looks like a kind of like a halfling, uh, but he's got green veins all around his skin. You know, like he's there's something green on the on the inside of him. And like I said, one of his shoes is off, and he has furry feet, uh, uh, like a halfling might. But it's again, it's green. It looks like it's mossy. And he looks up, and he's going to try to cast one more time. Zan, make a wisdom saving throw. You got it. Yeah, <laughs> plus, plus eight right now because of the Lucan being there. An eighteen, so twenty-six. <laughs> nice. Um, again, though, you do see coming from him, he sort of morphs a little bit and he becomes the sort of heavy set tiefling that later became the beast of Rogadag. Mm. And he snarls at you and again you it's like you feel the light and you you push back at what he's trying to do. She's gonna hold the blade closer to his throat. <laughs> okay. She's like stop it. <laughs> Relop <laughs> You've got a pile of goo that you're sitting in. Alright, I'm going to stand up and cast Scorching Ray at him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I didn't expect to actually interrogate him. But... Right. Uh, at fourth level. You could certainly walk over there, just walk <laughs> above him and shoot down at him. Then you don't have to worry about the disadvantage. Yeah, alright. <laughs> just be like a cold-blooded, you know, professional <laughs> <Execution> hit. style. <laughs> yeah. Just like pew pew. Bop, 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 bop. Okay. Hit five of the six times. Like, <laughs> All right. They'll be like, how did you miss that one? You were standing right there. It was point blank. 42 points of damage. All right. So you're standing above this this odd halfling with green vines and, you know, some sort of botanist or something. And Relop just walks over and just pumps him full of fire. And literally, like, by the, by the end of it, there's, like, fire coming out of his eye sockets because he just fills him up and ends him. And when he gets done with it, he kind of almost shrivels a little bit, the body does, and just gets this sort of mummified look to it. I'm going to spin on my heels and uh, say, where's Dimple? I right. still have locate. I haven't done anything with concentration. I've just been sending single shots. So can I still sense where he is? Yeah, the, one, one of the rooms off to the side. You actually see at this point, too, one of them was obscured. There's three different doors. So in addition to the door that you came in, there's three more exits or, you know, at least side rooms. And you can sense that he's that he's definitely in one of those. Zane will just point to the door where he is. And she'll say, don't disconnect him until I get there. And she's going to turn to Lucan because Lucan looks incredibly damaged. And she's going to summon up this really bright, radiant energy from her hand and pl- place it on his shoulder and hit him with a full sixth level heal. So you get 70 hit points back. Whoa, okay. nice. Lucan puts his arm around and says, thank you, sister. Course. And he, he says, hey, really good job. Really good job here. We'll see if we can save these people. Will. So off to the side, there are three different doors. And Zan's, you know, has already pointed out the one. Relop opens up the door, I'm assuming, right? Yep. And there's this room that you had seen in the scrying. There's a couple of 
dragonkin skulls. There's three beds in the room. One of them has dimble rights. Obviously, the first thing you see, he's got this green blanket pulled up to his chin. These tubes are coming out and they're connecting to this elven body. It's all splayed open. It's actually the, you know, the body of the elf that you'd talk to a spirit on your way down. And there's also this, what everyone assumes is a female dragonkin. All attached, you can hear this suction noise and this little machine has bellows on it off to the side. There are some incandescent chemicals on a workbench along the wall. Lucan kind of starts in and looks very overwhelmed and I keep saying out loud kind of towards Zan because he knows she has a little bit of a medical background and keeps saying like, what, what do we do? What do we do here? I don't know. I have to figure out what these machines are doing and stop it from happening. She's going to try to check all of them to see. I mean, they are, they're all still alive still. It's hard to say. Make, go ahead and make a medicine check. Sure. And while she's doing that, uh, I would be like looking for like any kind of notes, any kind of records keeping. Yeah, 23 on the medicine check. You think that technically they are the heart's beating on the elf, for instance. You know, that's kind of where you start because it's all yeah. visible. But, you know, you made a medicine check, but then there's also a couple other things that you draw from because you you had the spirit come talk to you. Yeah. Even though there's some level of life in this body, you don't think he's alive. You think he's being kept, you know, his body's being kept alive. What about Dimble and the Dragonkin? You move the blanket back. Hmm? I'm going to walk up to Dimble and put my uh, hand on his chest. Is it beating? It doesn't feel right. Okay. Are you going to let her pull the blanket? Yeah. All right, she'll do it. Most of him is not there. You can actually see his rib cage. And organs are kind of splayed out as well. But it's a pretty horrid sight. Is he, I mean, he's missing organs, or are they all just there and splayed open? You think that everything that he that he would need to keep that body going is still there? He doesn't have any legs. He doesn't have any arms. Oh, jeez. He's just kind of a torso. <sighs> okay, so Zan's just looking horrified, pretty much. Yeah, same with Lucan. Goes over to Relop and puts his hand on his back to try to slump him this craziness. Merc takes one look at the body. I'm assuming I didn't find any notes or anything. No. Takes one look at the body. It says, Asher. You can see him just like tense up and clench his fists. And then he just walks out of the room and you'd hear him just pile driving tables outside. Lucan is going to cast a Cure Wounds spell on Relop's brother. Seems that it probably, you know, had some sort of effect on him, but if there's so much... You know, this is some unearthly stuff that they're doing here. And so the magics that you're using, you feel like they don't know what to do with it. Necrotic and, you know, unnatural. Khan starts to actually, like, tears start going down his eyes. And he puts his hands back over a relopped brother. And I'm going to use the rest of my spell slots to cast her wounds. Desperate hope okay. of doing anything. He seems to get some of his color back. But that's about the extent of it. Sans kind of watching Lucan's experiment on this, keeping an eye on it, and she's going to move over to the Dragonborn as well. Hog is slowly backing out because this is incredibly unsettling and definitely far darker than a lot of stuff that I have seen. Khan turns to Elop and says, I am 
So sorry, relap. I think I'm gonna go after I get done busting up some a few tables. I'm gonna search the bodies of the three uh, necromancers, whatever they were, mm -hmm. and see if they have anything like any kind of like information, paperwork, record keeping. Through everything, he's just standing, staring at his brother's face, not saying a word. Khan turns to Zan and says, Zan, what can we do? She's checking the Dragonborn. What's the Dragonborn situation? Similar. Legs missing, body splayed open. Yeah. All right. You kind of realize, too, Zan, you know, that one of those monsters had a an orange arm. Mm -hmm. And this elf, if you remember, was, was Autumn. Oh. It was orange, and, and it's missing an arm. Like they, It's clear that they harvested from these bodies. To make the flesh golems? Yeah. Okay. Hence the scales, hence the orange arm. Yep. Okay. So in the exact same position, cure wounds doesn't seem to make any difference. Would I know from healing type situations that if cure wounds doesn't work, that a raised dead or a reincarnation probably wouldn't work either? It's certainly questionable. Yeah. I think that one of the things that you've that you've noted when it comes to some of this knock stuff is that they, you know, when they do these some of these things, like you've got card with the with the yeah. wound, and you that's got what she's the, thinking of right now. People that weren't that weren't able to be raised because of the knock daggers and things like that. It seems very unlikely, and part of part of what I think your concern might become, and I think Lucan might go that direction as well. Yeah, is that he's sort of stuck between life and death. Right. And that's almost one of the sadder parts of it, especially when you think about that elf. Huh. She's kind of trying to compose herself, you see. She's obviously very shaken about the entire scene, but she's looking at all of the bodies of it and trying to be kind of the rational doctor type. She's not doing great at it, but she's trying her best. She's just like, okay, I think... I don't think any of them are actually alive. Their bodies are, but their spirits like the elf are, are trapped between our world and the afterlife. And we did anybody see a, a gear shaped door or anything? Whatever the elf was cluing us in on. Merc out in the main room, you've been digging through the pockets of these things. They're all sort of odd, something wrong with all of them. They're not just people. The big guy, as we could kind of tell, was largely skeletal. The one with the skin mask actually has, like, if you sort of take a look underneath the, the mask, its face is just as bad as the mask, sort of torn up and pulled back, sort of like cosmetic surgery gone wrong. And then we saw the halfling had some sort of plant infestation in himself. As you go through their things, you find a couple just odd pieces, mostly trinkets. The one that they called Red Rug, the surgeon, has an ornate brooch. It features a silver triangle with pearls at each corner. It's probably worth about 250 gold pieces if you were to just sell it as gold. He also has a gear piece on him. It's a little metal kind of bronze gear, which looks what the, to be what that elf had asked you to find. Right. The halfling has a silver snuff box full of seeds. It has an inscription that says Hogwallop on it. Probably worth about 25 gold pieces if you were to hawk it somewhere. The big guy, you think actually from the structure of him when you get, when you actually start digging through, you think he was probably a high orc once. But he has 
an ornate rapier, which is funny because he never fought with it, right? Like he was just fighting with his hands. But on, under the folds of his leather cloak, there's an ornate rapier that's with a gold embroidered scabbard, easily 250 gold pieces. And that's what you find on the bodies. Was my voice loud enough to carry out into that room to where he would hear me asking about the gear? Yeah, so that's kind of what I was thinking. So yeah, yeah. as he's digging through, you yell <laughs> out. Did anybody find a gear? I come back in the room, toss the gear to Zan. Heck if I know where it goes, though. He mentioned something about a door being unlocked by it. Look around in the room that we're in. Is there another way out? Is there a door or anything? There's, oh, a, there's a few more doors, yeah. Well, there was other rooms back in the... No, yeah, that's what I mean. There's there aren't other doors in that little room. Oh, nimble. Got it. There were okay. other doors in the in the main room. What do we do? Go check the other doors and kick them down if necessary. Well, be yeah. ready in case there's any sort of traps or other enemies. Is everybody okay? Does anybody need healing? Relop, you were being attacked by those zombies for a while. He's just staring at his brother. Like how bad? How bad does he look? Is there a lot of injuries on Relop? How many hit points are you down, Relop? Twenty-two. Is Hold looking pretty bad too? I am only down 17. It's nothing too bad. Just kind of gauging people medically of how damaged everybody looks. Okay. All right. If everybody's everybody's ready, let's do the door. Leave them here. We can deal with them once we get past this door. Sure. Relop, are you going with us? Relop isn't moving. I'll watch him for a minute. Khan lights up his sword and says, everybody else in the room, let's go now. Let's clear this place out. Okay. Lucan is going to hand Lop a potion of invincibility. He says, in case you need this. He just sets it on the table. Throw the group out the door. Yep, so we'll take turns maybe killing the zombies, or do you want to go for the doors? Let's probably go to the doors. I mean, I will hack my way through the zombies to get to the door. It might not be a bad idea in case we have to make a hasty retreat to deal with these zombies so we don't have to run back through them. Okay. Okay with that. Let's go chop them down. Yep. With a little bit of care, it's it's not a big deal taking them down because they they have a disadvantage to attack you anyway. They're really on an alarm more than anything else. As you go through that, you recognize that there's actually a hidden room, or you know, one it's not hidden hidden, but remember that one side of the room is just four doors, uh, including the door that you went into with Dimble. So there's three more rooms. One was kind of overgrown. I mean, not to the point you couldn't get in it, but you just you don't see it right away. So. You went into, uh, we, you know, if we just kind of look from left to right, if we were coming up on them, there are the four doors total. You went into door number three. So door number one would be kind of over in the foliage. Door number four would effectively behind the altar. We'll just work our way backwards. We'll start at number four and then two and one. Okay. You open up this room. There's a little plaque off to the side. When you look closely, it's, it's old and it's dirty, tarnished. But it's this bronze plaque, and it actually says Recovery Room 2. Mm-hmm. And so when you go to open it up, there are a couple of beds in it. There are bodies in the beds. This one isn't as bare as the last one. There's a desk on the far side of the room. There's actually chalkboards. And the chalkboards have humanoid diagrams, anatomical-type things drawn onto it. And it does have some what looked to be journals and scrolls in the desk and out from underneath one of the beds. So like I said, there's some figures, there's three beds in this, just like the other one. They're hooked up to machines, just like the other one. And out from underneath one of the beds comes a skeleton dog. 
and it wags its tail at you and it comes up and it acts like a dog that's excited for company, but it's completely skeletal. Crawled out from underneath one of the beds. Um, Lucan grabs the books and journals that are on the desks and just puts them in one of his acts and looks at the dog and quite confused what to do. But if it shows no threat, just turns and says, well, let's just go. Sure. Two of the bodies look like they're male dwarves, and one of them looks like a female tiefling. Mark just, like, stares at the dog with disdain, and then he takes his sword out and just smashes the dog. Okay. Zant's not going to stop him from doing that. Do the bodies look to be in the same shape? Do they still have the machines yeah. hooked up to them and everything? Yep, and they're okay. they're not really together. Okay. The dog's destroyed, though. Yeah, just shatters. It mm-hmm. whelps, and it's busted up into pieces. All right, we go on to the next door. So door number two. This one looks kind of like a storage room. There's a large cabinet and racks of unlabeled chemicals. Most of them are green or smoky looking. <laughs> a few of them are, are incandescent. And there's a bunch of drawers and things in the cabinet. There's also a bunch of packs lined up along one wall, like different, you know, backpacks. Can I tell what any of the chemicals are or like, you know, take the cap off and smell it and try to see if it's something medical or? You get the impression if you take the cap off of one of them and you, and you go to kind of smell it, you get the impression that it's whatever it is seems very poisonous. Okay. It accosts your nose like you. Like a formaldehyde kind of thing? Possibly. Yeah. I'd love to be able to burn this whole place. Oh, you think we're not? I don't know. Just depends on if you can save these bodies or not. Uh, do you want to look through the cabinet? Yes. Uh, roll your investigation. Somebody else should have done that. Lucan's just look, <laughs> he could, Lucan's keeping guard at the door. He can roll with the around. A couple people are looking. Sure, I can help him. Make your own roll. I rolled a 12. <laughs> so <laughs> Make your own roll. <laughs> All right. No, don't, I'm saying don't give me advantage because mine's I'm terrible. Oh, okay. Well, let me try mine. Oh, I got a crit 20, so 20. Nice. Whoa. All right. Because my investigation is zero. Like, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Me too. You find a couple of pearls, probably worth 100 gold pieces each. You find three black onyx stones. Those are worth about 150 gold pieces each. This cabinet is probably some sort of gnomish work because it has a lot of like springy things. Like you push and it like pops itself open. And like it's not like a cabinet you've seen before. So you, so you kind of figure out where all the little hidden compartments are. And sometimes when you when you push on something, the whole thing just sort of swings open. And you push on one, it swings open, and there's a huge pile of gold in there in kind of this recessed cabinet. Uh, there's actually gold and platinum in there. She has that bag of holding. She's going to use that to store cash. Sure. 7,825 gold pieces, 1,085 platinum. You also find a drift globe. Oh, which are not terribly uncommon. and Yeah, I figure I'd be familiar with one of those. <laughs> are you guys looking through the backpacks too? After we get done with the cabinet, yeah, probably. So in the in the backpacks, you know, you find a lot of, you know, adventuring gear, things like that. And so you can always replenish. There's also, in addition to the kind of standard stuff you would find in there, there's a lamp, there's a, a vial of perfume, there's a healer's kit, there's a component pouch, an elven arrowhead necklace. Well, I don't know if you know it's elven, but like it looks looks like something you would imagine is an elven arrowhead necklace. It's on mm-hmm. a leather cord. Yeah, I guess that's about it. Other than adventuring gear. Do any of the packs seem to be of like gnomish size and make that could be Dimbles? 
you get a feeling about the one that you took the elven arrowhead necklace out of, and you okay. think it's quite possible. I'm going to put that one back in there and grab the bag. All right. And one's behind episode. our number one, Bob. And this is the one I think we should be careful of because of the overgrowth. Who's opening the door? Oh, well. Okay. In this room, and by the way, this one you can see there's there's a plaque here too, and it says therapy. But when you open it up, it's it actually looks like a, a lounge. There's a kind of rotting overstuffed chairs. But on one wall, there's a large silvered mirror, and it's ringed in a frame of gears, and they look a lot like the one that you have. Hey, Zan, I'm not an expert. Maybe this is our uh, release mechanism, though. Must be. She's going to kind of inspect the mirror itself. Do I see anything moving in it? Does it seem... Does it have any language on it? Roll your perception. Oh, Ross, I'll kind of to it. Just make sure there's not, like, some sort of, like, trigger mechanism or something where we're going to touch something and it's just going to shoot stuff at us like things have done <laughs> in the past. Okay, let's you and I tag team it then. Do you want advantage? Sure. Go ahead. 13. Wait... No, Wait, don't you have the, the it's plus 10? 19. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Yeah. You have that reliable skill thing now, don't yeah. you? Yeah, which is good because I rolled two dice and got a two and a four. Jesus. So there are a lot of gears on this thing, and you think you find a spot where one would seem to make sense. If you know if they're all sort of interlocked, so that if one moved, they'd all move. And you, you think you can see where that one, if you just plugged it in, they would all be able to move. Any indication on what it might do if it moves? No. Okay. Turn all the other gears. <laughs> well, you put this here, and this one goes clockwise, and this one goes wither shins. And... Obviously, right. unleashes the Ark of the Covenant. Just make sure you close your eyes, and I'll make my way over towards the place where he indicated. I will place the gear in. You push it I... in, and it does lock into place with almost like a little click. And the gears all, without you doing anything else, the gears all just spin. And it's kind of cool because it just goes, you know, all the way around. And it's almost like, it's, it looks like movement. Like it creates a movement that circles around the mirror. And you can see through the mirror for a moment what looks to be a wilderness scene. Sort of beautiful, like pristine, perfect example of forest. Little puffs floating around and some insects and things like that. And as soon as that happens, you actually see the spirit of the elf kind of waft into the room. And he just barely becomes visible. Like, you know, he's still sort of smoky almost. But he just says, thank you. And he goes into the mirror and you see him on the other side and he looks whole again. And there are other elves in the distance and he joins them, and then the, you can't see them anymore, and the image drops. And then you just see yourself in the mirror. What in the world was that? Relop, the elf, and I know you're not focusing on the elf, but the elf, the beating of the heart stops in the other room. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have noticed that anyway. <laughs> okay. Lucan says, let's go talk to Relop, and he says... If anybody's else is okay. Is there anything else to note in this room before we go? Nope. It's just a mirror and a couple of rotting chairs. It's kind of hoping all of them were going to be able to go. That's bizarre. Almost like it was a 
teleportation to the Fey Wild or something, but what is it? Afterlife, the afterlife for the elves. But why didn't he take everyone? I don't know. Maybe we can decipher more from these journals and books I grabbed. But let's go check back with Relop. Sam will follow, just kind of de- dejected by the fact that that didn't work the way she thought it was going to. Mm-hmm. We're not going to have good news for Relop. Well, it can't be any worse than him, that his brother's just dead, half tortured. One way of looking at it, for sure. We'll make our way back over to the, the room. As, as we're going out or back towards Relop, uh, Lucan gets out of his pack uh, at least one of the journals from the from the lab and hands it to Merck and says, Merck, can you want to skim through this? Do you, is there anything in there? You're pretty good with encryption. Well, it's encrypted. But yeah, I'll take a look. No, but... Then Lucan will take out one of the smaller ones, like journals or something, or uh, maybe if it's just a sheet of paper. So does it look like it's written in Infernal or anything, or encrypted at all? You think it's written in Gnomish? Oh, okay. So, Lucan, do you read Gnomish or no? You don't, do you? I believe I do. I think only so Merck and Relop Merck do. Will do the, yeah, do the I, no, I don't. So this is, you know, he spends a little time looking through it. It doesn't take too long to get the gist of what he's seeing. So there's two things that discerns from these notes. One is that they were apparently attempting to create super soldiers for Knox's return. <laughs> and apparently what they had decided that they would do, these three, like there's names that pop up for these three. They reference each other in the notes. But one of them was named Red Rug who seems to also be called the Sawbone. The little guy was named Drodo the Botanologer, and the big guy was, was Wreck the Alchemist. How do we and wreck that were... alchemist? <laughs> uh, got him. And if you remember, Pulo had his own little title too. It's relatively clear in the writings that these three are Noctouch. They were some... Noctouch apparently affects people in different ways or, you know, in... They all sort of had their own thing from their ancient dealings with Nock from where, whenever that would have been. So I guess there's three things because you, you know, you get a little insight into that, but to elaborate a little bit more, they were attempting to create super soldiers by taking the best parts of other races. So the idea that they were grabbing, they wanted a tiefling because they're resistant to fire and they wanted dragon king because they have breath weapons. And, you know, whatever, whatever kinds of things. And it seems that the hardest nut to crack actually was the woodland gnome because of their affinity for illusion. And apparently that's what they were trying to get out of Dimble. Hmm. Figure out how to harness that power. The other thing that they find, too, is that they were also trying to imbue, for whatever reason, they were trying to imbue creatures with fey qualities. And that seems to be separate from the super soldier idea. Mm. They wanted to one be was Faye, right? Yes. Yeah. Is there any mentioning of the mirror in these writings? You might have to search a little bit more okay. for that. Because he's really just getting the gist of it. Yeah, it's a pretty good high-level review for a short period of time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what I think. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's really in-depth. The table of contents right here. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> So all that, all that yeah. training, I have learned to speed read. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. One of the things all... you picked up in Fire's Heart. <laughs> okay, Keltrum. Before we go into the room with Relop, it stops the group and says, what in the world do we tell Relop about his brother? 
I'm giving him this pack and then asking him what he wants to do. Brother's okay. dead. Just because the heart's beating doesn't mean he's alive. That's still his call. True. Okay. Alright, they go on in and so Xan will hand him the, the pack. Got the blanket kind of pulled back up over Dimble. Mm-hmm. This green blanket. Dandelion beard sort of over the top of it. He, he really doesn't look that bad once you cover him up. Trelop hasn't moved. I walk up to Trelop and put my hand on his shoulder and said, failed you, I'm sorry. Whatever happens next is your decision. What would you like to do? I need to get him to the border one. Trelop, we ran across a mirror seemed to open up to Feywild or something, but it was almost like the afterlife of it. Do you think you would want to go look at this mirror? If you can understand the arcane workings behind this thing, maybe, maybe it could help us. The, the orange elf actually appeared on the other other side of it and uh, look, looked completely fine and into this spirit world type of thing. I don't need to look at the mirror. Just need to get my brother back to the borderwood. I'm gonna go ahead and uh, start disconnecting all the uh, tubes and stuff. That's what I was gonna do too. She'll help you. So we're unplugging him. Yep. All right. Once he's unplugged, his heart ceases to beat. Okay. So Lucan says, "Plug him back in." No. No. That's not your decision. Heart stop. He was there anymore, dead, and you know it. I'm just gonna keep my hand on his chest until I don't feel anything. Okay. Relap, you hold your hand to his chest, and you feel his heart kind of go out, and he's very cold. And for a moment, you just kind of feel heat, not like really hot or anything like that, but just sort of a warmth, just for a second. And then a little bit of a chill in your head. Thank you, brother. And then he's gone. Merc. Yeah. We need to rearrange your pack a little bit. Just take everything in his pack and uh, empty it into the haversack. I help him. I think I know what he's doing. Then uh, with tears in his eyes, he's just looks up at Mark and says, will you carry my brother? Brother? To the end of the world if necessary. I'll take the blanket, pull it up over Dimble's fed, and then start kind of like tucking it in and wrapping what's left of him. And I'll put it in my backpack. Very sorry, Relop. Zan wanted to start unhooking all of the other patients. Once they unplug, they kind of sputter out heart stop. Merrick will get some uh, flint and tinder and something and start up a torch. This place is going to burn. I know, but he's going to wait until we're done, and then he's going to like each room and set something on fire when we're ready to leave. Kind of light a torch do the same thing. We got a lot of chemicals we could use. <laughs> do I... we, might all, we might all pass out before we can get out. Yeah. <laughs> Do I recognize that uh, pack that had Arrowhead? Yeah, yeah, that was his pack. 
toss that over my shoulder. All right, are we ready to leave? I'm ready to leave. It's fall, no, I'm more than ready to be out of here. I think we set the rooms on fire and leave. So unless there's something that's going to stop us, I think we had the way out that we came in. There are still some spirits kind of whiffing through the place, but nothing that affects you directly. If you remember, there was a couple that screamed their way by when you came in. And with smoke kind of billowing behind you, you step out into the mushroom valleys of Rontaman, and Remy is kind of made a little camp out there. He's got a little fire going. Find what you're looking for? In a way. You guys look a little worse for wear. This is my normal look. Why don't you get some sleep and go back to the inn and maybe we can find that wizard tomorrow. Do we still want to find him? Yeah, we had, we do need still need to see him. You can tell that something big is happening here, but he just says, well, I'll walk you out if you're ready. We're ready. He gets you directly to the Rontem Inn. You know, it's dark in the, um, in the muck valleys. But once you get above the line of the mushrooms, it's still daytime. Everybody's got their own room. What are you guys going to do? I'll say that we're like having dinner type of thing in a tavern or something. As soon as we get to the end, I'm just going to go up to my uh, room and go to bed. When we get back, we're going to get ready to jet uh, to head out to Borderwood. Yeah, that's where I need to go. Um, do you know how far travel it is there? It's quite a ways away from the Borderwood. It'll take what it takes. You don't have a teleportation all to get us there, correct? No, we're walking. Lucano will prep himself to be hitting the road the next day. We still have to speak to Renwell. He has the information I need to shift to the Shadowfell and fight Fairdwin by the end. Okay. Don's going to turn to Anne and say, Hey, I haven't said this in a while, but I do love you. And relap and losing his other was not easy. Oh, just wanted to let you know. You can tell she's kind of barely holding it together emotionally. So she'll just kind of nod to that and wipe a few tears away from her eyes and hold your hand a little bit as she walks along with you, but not say anything. The first one is, is I take the hugger mugger ring off. And the second one is I'll approach Zan and ask her if she has any way of keeping the body from uh, attracting attention. What do you mean? It's going to smell in a few days. Oh, um... Yeah, there's there's some rituals I can use to to keep it, I guess, uh, in a state of less decay. It's going to be difficult, but I can I can spend time every day making sure. Right. I think we need to do that. Just uh, one, I don't want to deal with the smell, but two, it's uh, not much left of them. Don't want to lose any more. It crossed my mind the moment he said to take the body with us. I've already been preparing. But thank you for reminding me. Hmm. I wish I could have done more for him. I honestly thought we were going to go in and save the day for once. <laughs> you and me both. I think I'm going to go get some whiskey and uh, try not to think about my backpack too much. I'll come in the morning and start the ritual and make sure it's okay. Thank you. She'll just nod. Khan's going to turn to Hulk at some point and say, how are you holding up? 
it's it's unsettling i honestly i don't know i saw relapse brother there and i you know couldn't help but think that what if that was my family there and then i just wonder are, are we getting in over our head i think so i mean people that do this to other people are they're not right Correct. I have faith that we will stop them. I have no doubt. I really hope that your faith can persevere on it. Will. Khan puts his arm around Hulk. Yeah, and Hulk actually will kind of lead into it. So Khan probably just stays quiet. We know Relop goes up to his room. Merc's getting whiskey and going to his room. What are the other the three Hulk. of you... Hulk will, if possible, order a really hot bath. Yeah, Rickelgrew can r- arrange that for you. Right, and he will, before retiring for the night, just soak in the hot tub and uh, drink some of the spirit water that he has in his pack. All right, they kind of have a odd contraption that keeps the the water warm it's a little bit louder than you want it to be but it feels good as long as it doesn't sound like the machines in the dungeon I'm... Oof. Yeah, oh yeah it, it doesn't that. My... that would be a creepy way to end your night <laughs> trigger <laughs> I'd be like nope that's it I'm done Alucan is gonna get back into the inn he's actually just gonna eat like rations he, he does not like this area he is dying to get out kind of preps himself for Trying to get through another day before they can start heading out to Borderwoods. So he just goes back to his room, tries to clean up and clean his gear and get everything prepped for a long journey ahead. Right. Zan? Zan's getting annihilated at the bar. Um, okay. <laughs> I mean, it's probably the nicest way of saying that. She's pretty down with the whole situation. She was incredibly hopeful that everything was going to work out and she was going to be able to save the day and she she saw a million different ways that it was going to go down and very few of them ended like this so yeah i mean she feels good about helping the elf out but doesn't understand why it didn't work for everybody else and she doesn't know if anybody else is finding peace or anything like that so she's fairly conflicted about the whole situation and feels like she kind of failed at what happened and gonna kind of take a cue and just drink herself okay. a little bit out of it. She hasn't done that very much this whole you know, most of the travels. A few times here and there, but this time she's kind of going with a bit of less abandon than normal, just because she's really upset about what happened and what she saw, and she's trying to forget the horrible things that she witnessed and what Nock is capable of. You know, you, she knows of the unspeakable evils and things they talked about, but being able to actually witness it firsthand is a tough trauma for her to kind of deal with. And uh, she's trying to overcome it the best she can, but isn't doing very well with it. As you get some gold out to, to pay the bartender, uh, you know, you kind of reach into your bag and you you remember because it glows when you put your hand into your bag. But there was a tome that you picked up oh. under there and you're reminded about it. You'd forgotten <laughs> it entirely. Is this before I've been drinking or after a while? <laughs> uh, you know, just a, a few in, a few in. <laughs> okay. She'll inspect it a little bit more. She still hasn't opened it yet, but she's kind of looking it over. She'll finish her drink and step outside with it and open it outside. Okay. 
kind of find a little, you know, the tower is right on the top of the hill, so there isn't a lot of walkway outside of it, but you can kind of shimmy yourself over and sort of prop up on like that very, you know, top of the hill sure. up against the wall, and you kind of sit there. And again, when you touch this thing, it kind of glows more. It always has a little bit of like a moon glow to it. Mm-hmm. But when you touch it, it definitely shines. And you so you open it up, and first off, on the inside cover, there's a sequence of runes five runes you're not sure what they mean it's you know probably arcane in some way and you kind of flip through and the again the pages kind of light themselves you know as you peruse it and some of it is a spell book arcane something that that sure. might be something that somebody like relop would use mm-hmm. but then you do get this to other sections and they're written in blood and it kind of scares you like what yeah. you see not just the blood part, because, you know, wizards are weird, but, like, it just, <laughs> you kind of feel like maybe maybe Relop would be able to tell you more about it, or, you know, somebody that's a little bit more arcane, but kind of spooks you a little bit. Sure, especially um, after what she's been through today. Right. You do get a, a distinct feel that it is very old. You get a distinct feel that it is elven. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, just might be something of importance to somebody. Okay. There's also two loose scrolls put in almost like bookmarks towards the back. Okay. One of them you're surprised to see, like you you actually recognize it when you open it up. It's not that you've seen exactly this, but you just, you know what it is. Look it over for a few minutes and kind of figure it out. It's actually got a cleric spell on it. Okay. And it's a spell, um, fifth level cleric spell contagion. Okay. Which would actually be kind of illegal you know like if, yeah. if people found out that you use that spell yeah it might be trouble but you've got this like you could cast the spell from this scroll it's it's a clerical spell yikes and there's also a scroll that is seems to be written in at first glance it looks like it's written in gnomish you're pretty certain it has numbers on it because you don't read gnomish do you no still you know you know enough about it like some of the shares similar things with Dwarven, and so you at least get, you know, it's like you recognize what it looks like, kind of. But you almost wonder if it's whatever it is, even though you can't read it, it might be coded. Because you guys have seen enough codes that maybe this is something that Merc might be able to help you with. She's a little worried about the contagion spell, and exactly what the nature of this thing is, but and snaps it closed, you know, once she kind of gets a sense of what it is. Mm -hmm. Uh, She's going to hold on to it either to review with Relop Merc, or possibly even Renwell tomorrow if she gets a chance to talk to him. But she'll put it away and then continue her attempt to forget what she saw today or to try to ease the pain of it a little bit. All right. So everybody go ahead and take their long rest, unless there's anything before that. I don't know. Does Asher reach out to me? Oh, that's right. You took the ring off, huh? <laughs> He's given up after this long, probably. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> you know, I don't think he would right that moment. Okay. Yeah. But you, you're just going to leave it off for a while and see? Yep. Good to know. So, morning comes. Many of you feel pretty hungover. And Remy is knocking on doors. <laughs> Rise and shine. Go away. Let's do this. Got to earn my gold. I open my door and just stare at him for a minute and I say, well, you're going to take us to Renwell? I am, in fact. Get your st- get your clothes on. Let's go. I go prep my gear, 
with great diligence and reverence, I carefully put on the backpack, and then I start going, knocking on doors and say, apparently we can go see Grimwell now. <sighs> All right. Zan will wake up slowly and get ready uh, for the day. So as Mert comes to the door, she'll be like, do you, do you want me to do the thing now? Um, yeah. How long does it take? Uh, it'll be about uh, 10 minutes or so. That's fine. I'll get the others up. And I carefully put the backpack down. Okay. Out wherever she would like. Yeah, just the middle of the room is fine. Yeah, I carefully put it down there. And then I go get the others up while she's doing that. Uh, do you have two copper pieces? Does it have to be copper? Actually, yes, but I, uh, I have some, I'm sure. I just didn't know if you had any. Fish around and get two coppers out and hand it to you, Sam. She'll just kind of nod and then close the door behind you. And I'll take the 10 minutes to ritually cast Gentle Repose. She'll open up the bag a little bit just to kind of get to where the head is. She'll use a pinch of salt and then place a copper piece on each of the eyes to seal the spell into place. He is now immune to decay, cannot be turned into an undead for 10 days. So right. I have a 10-day limit on this. Okay. When you pull the bag down, by the way, it's sort of shocking how much he looks like his brother. Yeah. She's having difficulty doing the spell as she's like reciting the words and keeps breaking up a little bit with being upset, but continues the spell anyway. Sure. And uh, I'll just head down to the down to the uh, bar. Everybody's up and at him? Yep. yep. <laughs> All right. Remy is really anxious for you to go with him today. Like he just, he's always a little anxious or, or, you know, excitable, but not right now. He's, he's ready. And he says that he's, he's got Renwell. He's, you can, he can bring you right to him. Where's Renwell? Follow me. Let's go. All right. Just walking you through all of the tunnels and, and whatnot. You go across the stony grounds and you get on a suspension bridge that heads up towards, you think it's the first tower that you teleported to right like you teleported on top of a tower when you first got to town mm -hmm. but in this case you're going into an entrance a little bit lower on it and if you remember it sort of dropped down like an elevator and he walks you up to it and instead of you kind of think okay well i guess we're going up to the top move along the wall or something and it drops again once everybody's on the platform and it brings you all the way i mean kind of an impossibly long distance like you're surprised at how long this thing seems to drop it's like you're well into the earth and it comes to a stop you're surprised that you didn't break a bone or something just in the so jarring when it hits so there's a door in front of him it's a wooden door with kind of a brass knob on it and it actually has smaller door inside it like a dog door and he in front of your eyes actually transforms into a dog like a hound or, you know, a little bit of like a yellow lab has a blue collar on it. Remy does. His... Remy transforms. Yes, Remy does. Okay. He wags his tail and looks back at you and still in his same voice, he says, well, we're here. And he walks through the dog door. Well, if nobody moves up, I'll <laughs> knock on the door. Door opens and a voice says, hello, welcome. May I take your cloak? It's, there's no one there. It's just a voice. I'll keep mine all the same. You step into what can best be described as a opulent home. It is a lot of wood and marble and brass and tapestries, plush, overstuffed furniture. And there's a couple of automated things going on, like a broom that's sweeping in one corner. And lights seem to turn on as you enter. And a gnome with a long gray beard 
wearing red robes with golden eyes all, all over it. Zane, you notice that he has a brooch that looks a lot like the one that Card gave you. Really? And he has a silvery ring that flows like water on his hands. And he says, welcome to my home. I'm Renwell the Magnificent. And I see you've met Remedy over here, referencing the dog. Called himself Remy, but yes. Well, I call him Remy for short. I heard that you were coming to look for me, so I thought I would have Remy check you out first and feel out what was happening here. My understanding, and please have a seat. Zan will sit. My understanding is that you're here for a few reasons. One of them was that you were looking for someone, which I fear that you found him. Kind of looks at Relapse specifically. Relapse just is that correct? In the background. Yes, we've we've found who we were looking for. And then you're having to deal with an item of some sort. A few, but most importantly, a tuning fork. We're looking to do a plane shift spell in the future, in order to send ourselves to the Shadowfell to destroy a powerful knock minion there. Have you had breakfast? I don't know. Have we? Did we have time? I don't think so, because he, he kind of got you up and got you out of there. No, not yet. You have some simple toast. None of this mushroom crap. I think we could probably handle that. They lead you to a opulent dining hall. I mean, this place is huge. Giant underground mansion. And there are all these invisible servants seem to be, you know, moving things around. There's got gold candlesticks and metal plates and... He said breakfast, but what they're serving is beef and barley soup, and, a, and there's some greens and some cheese and bread. And he says that there'll, there'll be a mutton pie out later, and it's just kind of a feast. Hmm. Is there a mushroom to be seen anywhere? There is not a mushroom to be seen anywhere. <laughs> oh my god, Merck just goes to town. <laughs> I don't think Lucan. he's going like, like two days. <laughs> yeah, Lucan will eat. He'll, he'll make, he's not going to have any of the soups, the cheese and bread. <laughs> sort of out of politeness, you know, he lets you eat a little bit. And then he asks, you know, after you're done eating, we'll go to the study. And you can let me take a look at that eye. and We'll see what we need to do. The mutton pie is very good. And then there's some dried figs as kind of a dessert for it. And, you know, he gets done and he kind of pats his belly a little bit and gets the stuff out of his beard, pats Remy a little bit and says, let's, let's retire to the study. When you get to the study, there's some books there. There's wickless candles. There's a book that's open, but it's blank. There's a single gold coin that's floating, almost like spinning above the desk. And again, there's invisible servants in here. There's a couple of violin playing a little bit, bit of music all by itself in the background. <laughs> and there are also, along the shelves, there are several small animals in bell jars and fish bowls and things like that. Little ravens and monkeys and just kind of little a little menagerie of small animals among them too is a blue dove which you think is kind of odd because you've never seen one so sort of brightly blue like a robin's egg and there's a chessboard off to one side so tell me about this eye zan will go to the desk and produce three items she'll place the pogaben letter on the desk in front of him she will take a rag or a piece of cloth or something that she has reach into the haversack, pull out the eye, place it on the desk, still covered by the rag. And then she's going to produce the tome as well, the oh. elven tome. Mm -hmm. These are the oh. three things we need to speak with you about. First is a letter from Pagaben describing well. what we've researched. 
The second is the artifact in which we speak. I ask you to be careful to not touch it directly. Uh, it has some sort of compelling power over people. You will feel a sense of wanting to gouge your own eye out and replace it with this, so please be careful. And finally, this is something we found in our travels here in the city. It seems arcane in nature, but incredibly dangerous and ancient. And And she'll look over to Mercenary and Relop and say, there's some information in here in Gnomish as well. It is arcane in nature, and if there's anything you want out of it, you're welcome to. But I sense great evil with it. And then she'll just back away from the desk and let him look at them. Sure. So you don't mention the fact there was that letter that was encrypted? Um, the one that was in Gnomish, you kind of had the oh. hunch that it might be encrypted. Oh, okay. Uh, she'll pull that out from the back. I took the Contagion Scroll already and put that in the haversack. I'm not producing that. But sure. I will pass the letter off to Merc in Gnomish as part of the response to saying, All right, you might be interested in this and give it to him. Look it over. Well, let's start with the eye. And he kind of uses some sort of levitation, you know, he sort of holds it up in front of him without touching it, you know, probably like a mage hand of some sort. Mm-hmm. Uh, although you don't see anything. He takes out a couple of ivory discs and he crumbles them in his hands and then rubs his hands together and it's like, you know, it's all chalky. And then he actually does touch it for just a second, just with that chalky hand, puts his finger to it. And he says, you're right, young lady, I do kind of feel like I would like to put that in my eye. I won't, but I get what I understand what you mean. <laughs> Him saying that, like she has a little shock, starts reaching for the sword just in case. <laughs> And our intention here, and he, the letter that you have doesn't talk about this, right? It talks about the tuning fork. Correct? The tuning fork, the plane shift yeah. tuning fork, yeah. He says, I think that there are two forges that you could use to destroy this eye, and, and thankfully one of them is actually close. All right. Is that your intent, to destroy it? I certainly don't want to use it. It's calling for something. Is it? It's undead in nature. Yes. It's strongly necromantic. It brings nearby undead closer to it. If you head north from Rontaman and follow through the statues of the giants, you can't miss them, they're giant. Hmm. You'll eventually come to a spot in which there's a high cave. And in that high cave, long ago, before any of these silly Rontaman gnomes can remember, there was a school there that specifically focused on evocation. And the gnomes, it was mostly gnomes, that worked that school overran themselves with elemental powers. And eventually the place was left abandoned. These gnomes seem to have short memories. But in the belly of that school, in the ruins of what's left of it, there's a forge. And in that forge, I, I believe that you could destroy this eye. And that's the closest one? You may be able to go to the Mountain Kingdom, but yes, that's the closest one. And you wouldn't need anyone's permission. And the Mountain Kingdom is the opposite direction we want to go. This is just more of a detour. Right. Yeah, it's it's really only about a day's journey on horseback. Oh, for the forge? It's only a day away? To get to the to the ruins, yeah. Are there any rumors of anything else there, or is it completely abandoned? Oh, the, the elements that they unleashed, I'm sure, are still there to a certain degree, so you will have to be careful. She'll kind of look over what, to Merc and Relop. What's an elemental or two? It has to be done. She'll just nod. All right. Letter? Letter. 
She'll take the eye back using the rag and put it back in the bag. She doesn't want it out very long. He reads through it. Hmm. How long ago did Pogobin write this for you? Looking at Relop. He wrote it a few days ago. Pogobin, you've been a you've been a naughty boy. And he kind of looks over, and that blue pigeon looks back at him, and he says, "Pogobin showed up here about a year ago. Apparently, he found the roaming wood, and there's some sort of time travel aspects that he involved himself with." And I've kind of talked to him about such things before. It's usually a bad idea. So he's being punished. She's kind of a little bit horrified about the look of being polymorphed into something. That's Pogobin? He says, let let me... And he kind of reaches out and that mage hand that he uses pulls a book from the shelf and opens it up in front of him. And it's got a formula, like, it, it's like he just kind of snaps and it opens up exactly to the page that he wants it to go to. And he says, this is the formula, and you're welcome to scribe it down. I think this is what you're looking for. You are going to need a few things. She'll, like she'll pull out a pen and paper and start writing. You'll need the blood of a denizen of the Shadowfell. You'll, you will need underlight steel, and you'll need a, a fist-sized chunk of either obsidian or moon crystal. And since obsidian, if if my knowledge is serving me, obsidian is volcanic rock, I think they're probably, your chances of getting some at that forge are actually pretty good. All right. And the third, this book. Elvin, I see. It reacted to me touching it. Mm, That's your ancestor's elven blood, I think. That was my thoughts. He takes out a couple more little ivory tokens and he mashes them up and he puts it in your ear like, oh yeah, she's going to get that stuff all over the book. He almost recites something that like comes to him as he reads it. And he says, during the early days of the Candrian invasions, the Council of Edhalon created a collection of dangerous magic. Mistakes made, evils unleashed, it disappeared from the wood. Now found, it belongs among its people. This is the Isilma, I-S-I-L-M-A. Do I know what that means in Elven? Does it translate to anything? Not directly, but it's related to the word for truth. Specific root part of the word is very similar. He says, I wouldn't probably delve into this book a lot myself if I were you, but if you were to return it to the Elves, I think that they would probably appreciate that. Do you have any idea why a fiend living below the city would have it? Well, there are some dark things in this book. So the elves were not afraid, when things got tough, to put anything in their arsenal. Even if they didn't think they'd use it, one way or another, they weren't afraid of putting things in their book, so to speak. Quite different from your civilization, I believe. Can elves be trusted? Can humans be trusted? point. Would it be not better to destroy this book instead of giving it back to them? I think we've destroyed I think we've gotten rid of enough cultures past knowledge. I don't think there's any harm in them knowing this information. They probably already have it. I think Relop's right. I think we should at least go fill them out. See what they want to do with it or what the presence of mine is, so to speak. What's on that letter? The letter Merc this is very easy for you to read because 
it's actually the code that you studied, but the key to it is actually Gnomish instead of Infernal. And you know Gnomish, and so it reads really quickly for you. Effectively, a, like an order or a list of different races and prices next to them. Some of them are crossed out, some of them aren't. You think that Lob probably wrote this because that one of the terms at the bottom of it basically spells B-O-L, like it's Lob backwards, as if it's, you know, some sort of simple way of coding without the code. There's also another name on it, though, and you don't know exactly what that means, but there's a another name, Blanche, that is next to some of the races. So you get this weird list, prices, some of them are crossed out, and then the name Blanche. And I should probably point out that the ones that were crossed out, you just saw them down in that bedlam. What about the ones that said Blanche? Were like any of them down there? You know for sure you saw a tiefling, right? And tiefling is crossed out. It actually says 5,000 gold next to it. And then her name is also next to the two dwarves. This is a list for Lob. Lack of a better term, a grocery list. And apparently he had some sort of competition, somebody named Blanche. Renwell, uh, do you know a Blanche in the city? Anyone of importance with that name? Disreputable bounty hunter. Says it's possible that that might be a bounty hunter, but haven't dealt with bounty hunters in years. So she'll take the book back too and place it back in her haversack. And I'll fold up the list and put it in my pocket. So once I the... obtain these three items for the fork, where do I need to go to have it forged? If you have all, all of the items there, you might actually be able to use the forge if, if it's still burning. But if that fails, then just bring it back to me. Actually, I have some skill in forging. Well, smithing. Might be able to do it. Now, you'd probably be able to melt the stuff down pretty, you know, at the very least. I've made so, note of having to collect the blood of things from the Shadowfell, but I haven't actually done so yet. Or better oh, yet, just a random pet goblin. Oh, yeah. We didn't Shame. capture any, and I didn't keep any. <laughs> Shame we is, burned is all there, the ones, so... Uh, we keep running into them. I don't think it's a concern at the moment. I'm just not sure we're going to be able to run into one before we get to this forge, but we could certainly keep an yeah. eye out. Exactly. All right, that's for our concern. Does anybody else have any other questions for Renwell before we move? And is everyone comfortable with moving to this forge now while we're here within a day's ride? Uh, Renwell, I do have a question for you. Is there any way that you can teleport us to Borderwood? To the Borderwood? Yes. I don't know about the border wood exactly, but are you just looking to get to a wooded area for your fallen Turns. companion? It has to be the border wood. Did you already pick up the book, Zan? Yes. Okay. He says, I think that the elves left their address on the inside of that book. Maybe Rearlop can do something with that. Yeah, she'll grab the book again. and There's a sequence on the inside cover I mentioned when, he, when she first opened it up. She'll pass it to Rearlop. Take a look at it. What do I? Can I discern anything from this, or is it just a, it's a teleportation? It's a, it's a teleportation circle. You you don't know where it goes. It's a sequence. Just as you guys are looking at that, a bunch of the little animals in the bell jars start freaking out. Renwell says, "Well, that's odd." Hmm. What's happening? Here, come with me. And he kind of snaps his fingers, and the whole room starts to spin. And suddenly you are top of the tower that you were just on, or that you are were at the base of, right? Like the tower that you initially teleported to, you, you're up there. And 
he's standing there with you and there's a bunch of you know gnomes the patchwork battalion that are all up in arms and they're all running around and on the far horizon to the south because it's all hilly but there's an army coming towards Rontaman and you can see just barely that it is an undead army and you can almost feel specifically Merc you feel that that death knight that said he'd be back is back and Renwell says it is very definitely time for that eye to go you head for the forge I'll deal with this Thank you for listening to this episode of D4 on the Floor. Please check out our D4 on the Floor website at d4onthefloor.com. That's the letter D, the number 4, onthefloor.com for more great gaming content. Done. <laughs> if only we had the rights. Yeah. By the way, welcome back, Lance. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm drinking because of you tonight. Well, I cause a lot of people to drink for various reasons. I didn't know this is finally for a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that uh, Lance did the uh, intro or whatever. Recap. Lovely. Sorry I missed it. It's cool. He was, he was very sad you weren't on for it. <laughs> yeah, I, was real t- I was real torn up. I, honestly, I was, li- I was looking forward to that first Zan moment. <laughs> oh, well. I got the voice back. And I did it in one take, so... And Hudson didn't, like, up a bag of beef jerky or anything. No. <laughs> it's like I can mute myself, actually. <laughs> you're very evasive. <laughs> and also, you're playing you a rogue. Back. How are you? Brian's back. All right. Hey, now, come on. Is there better than that? I'm back. What's your poop? Hi. I didn't poop. I grabbed AAA batteries <laughs> for my cordless mouse that was dying. How was your not pooping? <laughs> It's great. It felt a lot like pooping. <laughs> Easy edit point for you there, Lance. Yeah. Easy edit point. The silence is palpable. <laughs> yeah, you can well, palp it. You're going to have a lot of dead spots in this one. <laughs> yeah. All right. There's a lot of quiet. So that... You know what doesn't drop us? Us. <laughs> when it's just us at a table. They're the <laughs> crafters. They've got the meats, even in these uncertain times. You could be certain that they've got the beats. It has over to be the... Go ahead. Con turns over. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs>